Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Hi, welcome to the British Canoeing Awarding Body Coaching Podcast. My name is Lee Pooley. Uh, I am the Head of Coaching uh, and Qualifications at British Canoeing. Um, and today, uh, what I want to do is welcome back Ben. Um, this is a follow-up. This podcast is a follow-up to our initial conversation on coach burnout, um, where we'll explore further the subject of burnout, but with a specific focus on athletes. So welcome, Ben. Welcome back. Thank you very much for having me, Lee. And it's, it's nice to be doing it in person today rather than over Zoom like it normally is. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a strange thing setting up all the equipment and uh, sat within our offices uh, doing this podcast. As you say, uh, it's been across the, uh, uh, across the internet. Um, and I'm sure anyone that's listening will probably see a, a difference in, in quality of sound because it's obviously the face-to-face that, and the equipment we're using. Um, Ben, you know, just to sort of maybe recap and and sort of uh, make people that's listening um, aware of the previous um, the previous conversations we had is that you'd done a particular piece of research, didn't you, within your within your um, your degree? And if you could just give a bit of a, a an overview of of what that research was about, because it will feed nicely into the next part of the conversation. Yeah, of course. So, as part of my dissertation for my undergraduate degree. I did some research into coach burnout and looking at how we can predict coach burnout. So essentially burnout can be separated into three strands um, and it's worth looking back on the other podcast that we did to learn more about this research and and the strands of burnout. We talk about that in a little bit more depth there Um, and and also through that podcast there's a link to the research and to a diagram. Um, I'll try and make sure to include that in the description of this podcast as well. But essentially, uh, burnout in coaches can be traced through three different strands of burnout. And the majority of the time, it's caused by them feeling trapped and stressed and pressured, which makes them feel tired. They then don't perform as well as coaches and potentially neglect some duties that they might have not through meaning to. Um, And it's a really hard place for a coach to be because they feel trapped. They feel that they've got a commitment to their employer, deployer, their participants, the other coaches they're working with. Um, And it can be quite a a horrible situation for that said coach. So the research was essentially looking at how we can predict that. Um, And then hopefully as part of my master's, I'm then going to go on and look at how we can prevent that. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, Ben. I think it's just useful for a bit of an overview. As you say, you know, yeah, uh, listeners can go back and and listen Definitely. to the other podcasts that we did. Uh, that obviously, this is a follow up. So, really, today today is around um, focusing around athletes, yeah, and, and and focusing around the athletes. And you know, the first thing for me uh, is you know, being a very pragmatic person that I am is so. How can how can you know as a coach? How can we recognise athlete burnout? Yeah, I think I think this is very important, and I think it's something that um, more more and more coaches will want to know. The more they hear about it, um, there was a really really interesting piece in a national newspaper recently with Ashley Cole, the football player, talking about he how he wanted to be more educated around mental health and how to recognise it within his participants because um, he works with under sixteens through the England setup. Um, and I, I think there's a, a, a greater want and a need. So it's, it's really important to consider, like you say, how to recognise these things, um, as well as then how we can go forward 
to implement steps to allow our athletes to not burn out and ourselves to not burn out. So in terms of recognizing, um, there's sort of a, a list of things. Um, and I think the thing to consider here massively is that on their own, these things don't constitute burnout. They're not signs of burnout if you're just looking at them as a one-off day. So for example, one of the things on the list is tired and drained. They might be tired and drained one day, but then two days later they might be fine again. That's not a sign of burnout. Tired and drained every day of every week for a month, then we're getting towards that stage of burnout. So a few of the examples, like I say, is, is being tired and, and drained and, and having no energy at all. And you'll be able to notice that in a participant. Um, they might snap back at you um, and it might sort of take you aback as a coach almost. Have, have they really just come back at me like that? Did I say something to offend them? No, it might just be that their emotional regulation has gone because they are burnt out uh, and they don't know and they can't regulate what they're saying. There might be a noticeable weight gain or loss. So um, if people have listened to the first podcast, they'll know that I did experience burnout as a coach. Um, and as comical as it seems now, I put on two stone in two months. And that's how people recognised that I was struggling with that burnout. It's not something I'd recognise myself. Um, and I think that's the importance of, of a coach or a significant other, a, a person that's significant in that person's life, recognising it because it then allows them to go, oh, actually, you know, I, I have got something I need to need to sort out. Um, a few other ones I'll, I'll reel off quickly. Frequent illness because of the low immunity because of burnout. They might sleep more or less. They might be neglecting their self-care, so scruffy hair, um, scruffy beards, all of that sort of thing. They might feel defeated with a lack of motivation to paddle. Um, they might procrastinate stuff, be distanced. They might miss training. Um, but as I said, one-offs, these aren't signs of burnout, but combining them for a longer period of time continually, we, we're then constituting burnout. Okay. I mean, it's really, really interesting. You talk about time, don't you? But also, you know, a combination of those things that you listed as well could also contribute to burnout. So it's not only just over a, a period of time of one singular area that you've picked out, it could be a, a multitude of things that you've just talked about that could create a, an indicator that, you know, that an athlete is burning out. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And, and actually, as you've just said that more often than not, it is more than one of these indicators. So again, like weight gain and loss and sleep and drains and lack of motivation, you might look and think, ah, actually, no, you're burning out. We need to now take some steps. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> I think, you know, recognition is really important. And, and what I would hope, you know, you know, Ben, when you go on to do further research for your MSC, that hopefully we can invite you back further to be able to one is to promote your research because you know definitely we'd like to promote that research, but also a bit of a, a follow up and, and be able to sort of indicate you know even even further into this particular subject. But as we're probably only scratching the surface, and yeah. that's all we can ever do within these podcasts, is what could you know how how could a coach yeah a coach that's listening is going right fine, I recognise it. How can I mitigate against athletes actually burning out within that coaching environment? Yeah, so th this is this is really important. I think it's important to also understand that mitigating against it and, and trying to prevent it is the best way of almost treating burnout, essentially. When someone burns out, there's not a quick and easy treatment. Um, it will take them 
years and years and years to ever sort of reach an equilibrium again um, because their brain has essentially fried when they burnt out. Their body is fried. It's been absolutely spent out um, and it essentially needs so long to recover. So the best way of stopping someone burning out is to prevent it in the first place. Um, and yeah, there's several ways coaches can do this. So first, I think it's really important to know the people you're coaching and we'll say that in any situation, it's really important to know the individual, what makes them tick, know what they're normally like, know what an off day looks like, know how to push them and get the most out of them, but without pushing them too hard. So for example, make sure the balance of training is fair. So you're not training them too hard. You're giving them time to rest. It's a hard balance to find because especially if you're working with um, more elite talent athletes, it will become quite tricky because you want to push them to get them to the next step. And and to be honest, the same is said with any participant within paddling. You want to push them to the next step, but actually there is a balance and there comes a balance where you've got to say, okay, no, it's actually more important we rest now than train again. Uh, It's really important to have an open, honest and trusting relationship with them so that they know they can talk to you about anything and it's not going to affect your coaching of them, um, their selection within certain teams, their selection for certain events. Um, so that, that again, is really important to have that open, honest and, and trusting relationship. I think it's really important to listen to the athlete, but actually listen to them rather than just nodding, pretending to listen uh, and hoping it'll be fine. Put into action things that you've discussed. So if they're talking about being tired and exhausted all of the time, let's put something into action to stop that, to help prevent their burnout and enhance their self-discovery. Now, this is quite a cliche when you're working with children and and teenagers, young adults, but allow them to discover themselves because it's quite a turbulent time um, transitioning from a child to a teenager to a young adult and helping them through that by allowing them to discover who they are is is really important. Um, It's also important to ensure, if you can, that they've got a balanced diet. So, for example, if you've noticed... Um, that they're potentially not eating very well so it might be they're turning up to every session with a Red Bull uh, and a four pack of Morrison's muffins (laughs) that's not the best diet and actually it might be time to then have a chat to a parent and and make sure that that's contributing because getting the right amount of vitamins and the balances is also really important and I think lastly and, and, and almost the most importantly is validate any feelings or things that you are discussing with them. So rather than someone coming and going, do you know what, Lee, I feel knackered. I've had two weeks where I felt completely drained. I can't get out of it. Rather than go, oh yeah, but we're all tired. Don't worry about it. Actually, okay. Completely understand that. It's understandable that you're tired. Tell me more. Talk to me about it. Why do you think you're tired? How can we uh, overcome this because you're putting actions in place you're validating it you're not dismissing them um, dismissing is then the worst thing you can do because it shuts that open and honest barrier mm. I think you know validation is a really powerful tool isn't it and I think that's where you know I think you know where I see you know very privileged to see a lot of you know coaches you know in adventure sports coaching you know world-class program talent program um, is that you yeah, know there's some real great validation going on on a regular basis you talk then a lot about what i would class as behaviors and relationships mm. and you know and i think you know those behaviors and relationships are a key to any coaching uh, coaching area. The, the more you understand each other the more you'll be able to you know identify areas that that may be going slightly adrift 
But what I'm keen to do is actually dig into the planning. Yeah. Yeah. Because you talked about mitigation and you talked about behaviors and relationships, but you didn't spend, you know, much time in the in the planning area. And, you know, I know that there will be deployers here, you know, listening, there'll be head coaches, there'll be coaches that are responsible for, you know, um, sessions that happen on the water um, that, you know, they will give out certain groups to certain coaches. And, you know, how, what should they consider um, in terms of considering burnout and how should they plan these sessions? Yeah, again, I think it's really important and actually the ability to plan can really help. Um, it can help you have things in place. It's not necessarily things that you do every session every week, but actually are in place ready to use. Um, I think it's really interesting, as you alluded to, I think everything in coaching is intertwined. As you said, knowing the athlete um, is, is really important, but that's not just for burnout, that's for every aspect of coaching. And actually knowing the athlete will then help you with the planning. So again, beware of overtraining. Make sure that someone's schedule isn't too demanding. Um, as a coach, it's not necessarily planning, but make sure your mute, your mood is good. You're approachable. You're not shut down in yourself during that session. Um, if you think you're going to be because you're having a bad day, because every coach has a bad day and that is completely fine. Just make sure you plan around how you're going to discuss and interact with participants that day. Uh, it's, it's also really important to involve paddlers in the decision-making. I think it's something that people overlook but giving a young paddler some ownership over their decision can massively help your relationship with them their enjoyment of the paddling um, and again you know mitigate against their burnout because they don't feel like they're just turning up and doing they feel like they're involved they feel like they're a part of the session and it's something for them again leading off from this focus on fun it's really important to make sure that every session has an element of fun so that they're going to enjoy what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's really important for them to keep enjoying their paddling experience. It's also worth, and this this is quite an out-of-the-box one, making sure, not necessarily making sure, but suggesting that people try other sports as well because doing the same sport over and over again for 10 years can get really tiresome. And I know that contradicts what we say about overtraining, but actually having another sport that they do just as a, a way to let off steam, um, can really, really help in the long run. Here's one that I think most coaches will have seen and <laughs> have experienced both negatively and positively, and that's avoid coaching stress from parents. So don't allow co uh, parents even, sorry, to intervene too much with that child's coaching because parents, as we know, can be very loving and caring, but through this become quite pushy and stressful influences to have on the paddlers around and I've seen that far too many times and again messy can be good a messy session can be very good because it's not structured it's flowing and the person can relax uh, and again taking parents out of that situation more can really help because it's not as much stress you're not as stressed to make the session look really good because the parents were all stood there watching like I say sometimes a messy session could be really really good Hmm. Okay, I mean, some really, really, you know, great points there that you bring up, Ben. Um, I think what's really important is that you know it isn't a coach's plan; it is the athlete's plan. Yeah, uh, and that's a classic one that you know you you do hear quite a lot. You know, I've 
design this you know this is the plan that the the athlete's going to do there's got to be complete empowerment and and, and engagement and, and ownership that the athlete is the athlete's plan i think it's a good you know a real good you know cross training has been around for a long time isn't it different sports you can still get yeah. huge amounts of benefits across you know cross disciplines but it also adds another layer of, of interest and almost pulls them away um considering competition structures you know you know too many competitions really close together can be you know can be uh, cr- create anxiety and, and which can lead to obviously burnout fatigue physical and, and mental yeah. so all of those things you know what what you know many people many listeners might be you know sort of listening and thinking you know that's that's good periodization that's really thinking about the the landscape of what it looks like for a for a period to ensure that actually it's it's it's, it's well thought out so yeah some really really nice stuff there ben um i think it's uh a lot of this is about creating a positive culture isn't it in mental well-being yes um and you know yeah have you got any top tips or any ideas of how how a coach at the very early stages you know um, they they may have a, an athlete transitioning onto their program. They an athlete might might become to come to a club for the first time. Is how how could coaches, how could clubs, how could programs consider ways to develop a positive culture of mental well being? So culture culture for me is the the brilliant word. That is it's a almost a buzzword that gets used, but. The culture is really important because it underlies every interaction within that setting, underlies coach to coach, coach to participant, participant to participant. Every interaction that happens is based on that culture. And so I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's about creating that culture of understanding that mental health and mental wellness is something that needs to be considered. So for me, I think one of the best ways of doing it and this comes from when I was younger and I was participating and, and when I've been coaching is throwing in some unusual and creative sessions really to mix it up to almost make the paddlers think actually yeah that was good fun today I really enjoyed that to take them out of their normal paddling experiences um, can really just almost shock them back into oh yeah I, I really like paddling if they are drifting towards a state of, of burnout and again it helps with mental well-being massively because it's just a bit of fun it's a laugh with their mates and you know those unusual sessions are really really useful again talking about culture it's really important to have a culture of fun and jokes obviously knowing that the participants can be serious when needed because there are safety elements to consider in any sport especially paddle sports Um, but having that culture of fun and being able to joke with participants and allowing them to joke with each other because a lot of the time it might be the only release they get from school um, from work from anything like that. As I mentioned earlier, it's also really important to have an open culture so that you can have people come to you, can approach you, you will speak to them on the same level as yourself, you'll give them respect and validate their feelings and you know, allow participants to be open at all. Um, make sure you're approachable and, and listen. And again, it's that validation word, don't dismiss anything. Um, if someone really is coming to you with a concern or or something that they're not quite comfortable with in their life, just, you know, help them out. Because at the end of the day, coaches are key figures in a lot of people's lives, massively so. Um, I remember when I was younger, when I was 
you know, in various sports, the coaches were key figures, the people I looked up to. It could be worth also contemplating wellness sessions, stuff like mindfulness on the water. So while you're out on a paddle, just taking five minutes to almost find some calm water to stop paddling, to have people close their eyes, focus on a point and, and do some guided breathing exercises because it almost takes them out of that moment and they'll enjoy that moment a little bit more. It gives it more of a rich colour in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, it just comes back to the be understanding. If an athlete's having an off day or another coach is having an off day, if a participant's having an off day, it happens. We all have them. If you're having an off day, it happens. We've all been there, um, both as participants and coaches. Be understanding and help them through it so that they don't feel pressured, guilty, and that they still get some enjoyment out of it. Cool. So, Ben... Um, I've got one more question for you. Um, it's not on the list, um, and I always do this when I when I uh, when I sort of run the podcast. Is um, we focus a lot around around athlete uh, and participant, which I think you know was the the main focus of this. But there is a there is a danger that actually all the focus is is upon the athlete, and this might sound negative, but there's a ne- we neglect the coach, and actually for the athlete to have a as best session as they possibly can is that we need the the coach in a, in, a, in the most optimal place that they can be. So, um, five, yeah, five top tips to ensure wellness of a coach or a coach. Uh, yeah, but I, I couldn't have said it better myself. It's so important that often as a coach, we have so many responsibilities that we neglect our own needs um, and forget that actually our own needs do then impact the paddler, as you've said. So five top tips. Here we go. Number one, before every session, just take a minute, could be in the car, could be by the water to ground yourself and think, OK, what are we going to be doing today? What are the positives going to be? And then after the session, go through it, pick out positives rather than focus on negatives. Pick out the positives. What was good? Little Timmy really enjoyed that. Little Sarah, really, really good on the water today. Really found the rhythm. And look for those positives because it can really help bring that motivation back and take that defeat away. I think as a coach, it's also important. So top tip two, not to stop paddling or doing sport yourself. Make sure you're still engaging in physical activity and having time for that. Um, When I had my period of burnout as a coach it's because I was not doing any physical activity anymore because I was feeling really tired and drained constantly I didn't feel like I could do anything else other than work and actually doing that probably would have helped me because it would have boosted my natural serotonin levels it would have helped me sleep better as well um, and so top tip two is make sure you're still partaking some physical exercise as a coach number three really important to look after yourself sleep well and eat well Make sure, and I know it's really easy because I've been there, that after a session you eat well. Don't just grab a McDonald's on the way home every night. Make sure that you're not just eating and feeding on donuts. If you're out on the water all day, make sure you've got a nice balanced meal with you. Um, And again, taking part in sport can then help you get to sleep in good time. Don't stay up to whatever time replying to participants and emails and all sorts. Shut off, shut the screens off, get some sleep. Top tip four. Be open with someone. Don't bottle it all in and keep the stress to yourself because 
then it's just going to get 10 times worse. Talk to someone, say, I'm struggling with this. Can you help take some load off me? Um, yep, yeah, no worries. Lovely job. Oh, I actually don't think I can coach today. Is there anyone that can cover? Yes, that's fine. Don't be afraid to ask for that help. And I think top tip number four is probably the shortest one is, is don't be afraid to say no. We've all been there where we're yes men and we want to say yes to everything because we enjoy the sport. We want to not let the participants down. We want to be the best we can. It's all right to say no sometimes and have some time to yourself. Sit down, watch some telly, have a relax, read a newspaper, whatever you do to relax. It's okay to say no to the extra stuff and have some time for yourself. Cool. Well, stuck to the stuck to the brief. That was five. Thank you, Ben. Um, some really good, really good top tips. And you know, one of the one of the easiest things is is to neglect is ourselves, isn't it? And I think you know, um, we're all very aware of recognise it in others, but very seldom do we recognise it in in ourselves. So I think it's a it's really important, as you say, pause, stop, consider. Um, and, you know, have someone you can talk to. I think that's really important. Um, I think deployers and head coaches also got a responsibility. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, it could just be checking in on that person. Are you all right? Mm. Are you okay with your workload? Do you want to talk it through? And then also reviewing that workload because they might not want to say anything. As I've just said, people are yes, yes men, yes women. They're like, yeah, I'll do it. That's fine. Um, just to make themselves look good, actually, let's review that workload. Let's see if it is too much. Is there a potential to hire someone else to take some workload off? Is there someone who's got less workload? Um, and also, I think as a deployer, as a head coach, it's worth educating yourself around mental well-being, around burnout, anxiety, depression, PTSD. Um, there's so many resources out there. Mind the Mental Health Charity have some. Obviously, we've got some educational bits on our digital library as well. Uh, and the Open University is brilliant. They've got some amazing courses around um, how to talk to people about mental well-being, mental well-being in young adults, recognising um, signs of mental issues. It's, it's really, really important to educate yourself. Um, and as much of a responsibility you have for the coaches as a deployer or a head coach, never forget the responsibility to yourself and, and don't let the neglect fall on yourself. It's quite easy to ne let the neglect go from participants to coaches to head coach to employer, deployer. Don't let that happen. Always take time for yourself as well as being responsible for the others around. Yeah. Ben, um, thank you very much for, for, you know, joining us on the, on the podcast today. Um, you know, Ben, you are, you are leaving British Canoe in the next couple of weeks and, um, you know, it's, it's, it is sad to see you go, but where you go in is actually to follow on this research even further with your MSC. So I do hope that I'll see you back soon. Um, I hope that you'll be able to come back and, and talk further on, on this, re this research area. But um, thanks very much today. Really appreciate it. And, um, and I hope everyone that's been listening uh, enjoys this podcast. And if you need any further information on it, please visit the uh, British Canoe and Awarding Body Digital Library, where you can get some of the, the links and the resources that Ben's spoken about today. So thanks very much. <laughs>